New York City. Energy and charisma. Why is that funny? It's definitely awkward. Look at me, I'm different. Get to the point. This podcast, like the Red Room from... The opinions expressed by the guests, hosts, and callers of this show do not reflect the views of WVFP or our sponsors. WVFP. My yeah. name's Nathan. That's at Mainly Manhattan at your Instagram.com. Join, joining me again today is the double doctor, Juliana Nalaria. Thanks for coming again, Julia. Pleasure to be here. I yeah. never really expected you to do more than a couple episodes before you stormed out on me. I'm, Why would you think that? Well, you know, here we are. We're a few episodes in. The energy's waning. You're looking a little tired on the whole podcast front. I'm happier here, though, because, uh, frankly, I didn't think you were going to take this shit for very long. You're a real person. You're a real doctor. You have real stuff to do. Isn't that true? I'm teaching a class, but, you know, it's a rainy New York afternoon. What could be better than being on this podcast did, with you, dear Oh, wow. That's, that's a really nice thing to Nathan. say. Well, did you go anywhere this morning? Did you brunch on the Sunday? Did you do anything? Was it too rainy for all that crap? Um, yeah, no, I didn't. You know, I walked my dog. You know, it's over at John Jay. Nice. Matt, I'm always at John Jay. Oh, like, well, I'll be time. there. I'll be there waiting for you I'm next time now that I know where you're John going. Jay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Love that park. Um. Well, I'm glad your dog got walked. I'm not sure that was the most exciting Sunday. And now you're here. Now you're going to waste the rest of your Sunday on this crap. That's fine. We've got a really good guest today. I'm not going to introduce him right away. I'm going to complain about my own sunburn for a while. And then uh, complain about getting my hat slightly wet this morning. Did you get it wet in the Well, air? you know, I've been drinking a lot lately. What's the rain about? doesn't really hit you right away. You know, you're having some fun. You go outside, maybe you don't realize it's raining for a while. It takes a couple minutes, especially you're wearing a giant hat. It's not like it's raining right on top of your ridiculous head. So you're wearing this hat, you get a couple blocks, maybe you've had a few drinks and it's noon, and then uh, you look at the other people and you say, this person, these people look wet. And then you remember you're wearing a giant, ridiculous, very expensive hat. And so I think... Did you tell us the story of the hat? No, I don't. Mm. Nobody cares. But I think that today was the day where I started to ruin this hat. I knew that I'm just telling everybody I'm only going to wear it till it's disgusting. I drop it in a drunken stupor. But I didn't mean this morning. I mean, the hat's going to last in New York for like three days. That's ridiculous. I don't really know how long I've been back. This is a couple, a few days. You mean from Florida? Let me keep talking while the uh, doctor, she does some sketches. She does some <laughs> emails on the phone. Hey, you know, I'm the talent here. I'm sure everybody's tuning in to hear me anyway. Who's interested in the girl? No one. Nobody wants to hear the girl talk. Just continue with your doctor I'm business. Take, I'm preparing for our gifts. I think, you know, what I think preparing. you're doing most of the time is your real job. Preparing. Which is offensive to me. Preparing. That you would ever think about your real job when you... Do you know... Um, do you know how to pronounce Roman's name at all? Um, I'm guessing it's Roman D'Ambrosio. D'Ambrosio. Well, I, mean, gonna... I, like I like the last name because it reminds me of Ambrosia. 
Okay. I think it must be like an Italian. Oh, but Italiano. But it has like a hyphen or not a hyphen. Yeah. I don't know. But um, I think last time I was talking about how I realized all of a sudden I cannot pronounce anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, even not mm-hmm. just people's names. Uh, words I think I know. I've been trapped in my house for 50 years. Mm. been living in the dark. And I've never said some of these things to people. Plus reading, I'm reading archaic nonsense as well. And um, who knows if people even use those words anymore. So I'm coming outside to mispronounce everybody's name. That's my point in this podcast now. I'm going to do a lot of research and then not understand it. Uh, not remember what I was reading last night. I was furiously trying to learn your resume or whatever. I'm interested. Don't think I'm not. But uh, also, I'm not the most studious person. I brought a doctor into the world here because uh, I thought... You just made it sound like you gave birth to me. I just gave birth to this doctor girl (laughs) because I need somebody to help me with that stuff. Not somebody to use their phone during a podcast. It's fine. It does none of it matters. No, I'm getting background. I'm looking oh, at the good, script. Because what I'm, do you think I'm doing? Read the script to me. I'm, no, don't do that. I wonder if he would like that or not. What if we start? <gasps> we should act out his own show on our show before I mean, here he gets it says here. It's a rainy night outside in our gallery. It's like here he it's didn't like give you permission afternoon. to broadcast these things. He only gave you permission. You know, he could, he could sue you now. I mean, you said you did. He give you. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I have no idea how that works. But look. It's a theater play. You choose the a character and I'll choose the, the other character. And when he comes in here, we're just going to read the theater lines back right, to do him. Do you want to be the three lesbians? Oh, go through his script and find simple questions. And then we'll ask him those questions. And he'll be like, why are you? What? This sounds familiar. It's kind of like when you're bothering your friends. You're just singing lyrics at them from your favorite song. I will just repeat Roman's own uh, <laughs> script lines to him until he figures out what the hell's going yeah, here's on. One, here's one. How do come I didn't think of this last night? This is amazing. Range? How's the shooting range? Do you practice lynching there too? Oh, whoa, 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 bro, man. Jesus, what do you think of the Brotherhood of Natural Men? Is he asking Jesus or is this an a- exclamation? Is Jesus no, here being asked? That's a question to Jesus? When Jesus, is Jesus so in has the. Has anyone seen a tomboy anymore? Uh oh. Oh, I know what that's about. That's a, it's an adult situation. You know, um, I really like Roman, and I'm glad you looked through that. I can't believe you guys sent me a link to his scripts through some kind of Dropbox. I've never clicked anything like that in my life, and I'm not going to start now. You send what? me. No Dropbox. What? What was it? It was like a, a it Outlook. Was a Word document. What do you mean? Well, it didn't look attached to me. I saw no attachment. I saw a link. I saw no attachment. There's not even a little uh, attachment, uh, you know, symbol. I'm looking for the symbols. Those of us who are not, you know, literate, we're often just looking at the symbols. We're just trying to figure out. I looked at, I looked at the email. There's no attachment symbol. And I'm not just going to click something. What I need is a secure PDF. I'm just kidding. I, I act like I'm guarding myself so thoroughly. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Roman. Thanks for coming. Thanks, dude. You're sitting right here. Awesome. I'm so sorry I'm late. I was watching the Lions game. And I got Roman, whenever you show up, you're early, baby. I know, you're you. early here. Thank you very much. <laughs> thanks for coming down, ma'am. Thanks, man. You're coming into an unknown world. You don't know who you're meeting. You don't know where you're going. 
and yet you're so happy about it. You're so happy to be here. Of course. Well, it, it could have been anybody. Well, what else am I going to do? Die? I mean, right. you know. I were, think... you, were you going to run away from my DM? Like, he, no, he wants can't. me to meet him, so I'm leaving <laughs> the country. I've, uh, well, it wouldn't be the first um, anonymous DM I've gotten inviting me someplace. So, well, no, you live in New York City that now. Like so. spicy. Yeah, that does sound <laughs> yeah, spicy. Dude, yeah. Do you have a story to tell us about a, uh, you know, a, a ride through Brooklyn in the middle of the night to meet a stranger? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, none that I can say without like That's violating right. an NDA. Maybe. You know, once you tell everybody that, nobody wants to invite you on a secret adventure anymore. Exactly. You come on the radio show, you tell the secret adventure. Just to make a frog laugh, you know, it's wasting. It's a wasteful thing to do. But you know what they're saying? Yes to anything is good material for plays. It's good yeah, material it for stories. Good material it for is. cocktail party Right trips, before you know? this no show doubt. came on today. As a matter of fact, I was telling a story, and I was telling the lady over here, don't start recording. I'm telling a story. Mm -hmm. It was too good to go on here. Nice. But it was a bad thing that happened to me. Uh -huh. But I was still telling it like it's a fun story. Mm -hmm. It's so far in the past now. I was like, hey, that was an awful story. Remember the time I was awful. robbed in a bathroom oh on New Year's goodness. Eve? And then I told the story, oh but I was having fun. Mm -hmm. And one day I'll use it. Wait, I just did. So, you know, I make $1 it's off a of currency, this. I think don't journalists stories. have like that kind of unspoken uh -oh. rule of like, if a story's, it, like, that story's too good to check, it's right. too good to fact check. Yeah. Like that type of like. You well, know. I'm unfact checkable. That's exactly. part of my deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? I flood the internet with nonsense. And then one day people, people show up with like all of it. And they're like, look at this. Look at all of this. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, what's it say? And they're like 500 pages. And they're like, I don't know. I, yeah. It says a lot of stuff. <laughs> That's all they're mad about. It's too much. They put mm. too much on there all the time. Yeah. Roman, let's uh, introduce you in a correct manner. Okay. You're the author of Homemade Dynamite, is that correct? Yes. And that showed at the New York Film Festival? No. New York Theater Festival. New York Theater Festival. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. I'm an idiot. <laughs> New York Theater Festival. That happens in a lot of theaters. Mm -hmm. Which one was your show in? This was in the Teacher Latio in the uh, Latin Theater on Suffolk Street. Awesome. Um, and yeah, oh, so cool. we did a run there. Nice. Julie, do you know anything about the Latin Theater? Over on Suffolk Street. I mean, I just moved back from Spain, oh, but excuses, I would love to hear excuses, all about this theater. Okay. Well, they speak your language. Yeah, language. well, it's a multi-purpose space. Okay. Um, I think it we used to be a church at, or a school as well, okay. and then it got you know they have. It's a large space that has different rooms for like Where, art classes and things, but they have a theater inside there, mm. and well, I don't know why, but they call it the Teatro Latino. Teatro. I, okay. I'm not. I'm not. I'm thinking about the Esperante yeah. Center, but that's not it. That's where. That's on Rivington, where they used to do the haunted house, mm -hmm. the corner of Rivington. But that's also no, 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 the Clemente Center. No, what did I just say? I said Esperante. That's a hotel Esper I stayed mm -hmm. in recently. Mm -hmm. I think the place is called the Clemente Center now. Um, but it was also an old school. Was also an old church, and they've divided it up. I think it's on Rivington and. Oh, I don't know. It's over there. Okay, cool. And uh, they've divided up the whole place into all these little small theaters. Nice. I worked there back when the Syrian conflict was happening. And the reason I remember that is because I was there one day doing lighting, and there were three shows about Syria oh, running in there. Nice. And I actually got confused and worked on the wrong show for a couple hours. Oh, wow. The production manager was really angry with me. Oh, wow. But my email said, Syria show. It's all set. They tell me what floor or what room or whatever. I'm sitting outside smoking dope at nine in the morning mm -hmm. and the production shows up. I'm the first one there, but I'm high. No one knows what to think of that. 
Oh, he's here. He's punctual, but he's not sober. We don't know why. But, you know, I'm, a, I'm good at being a technician. Don't talk to me. I'm high. And um, the woman just said, I'm with the serious show. So I gave her like three hours of free labor. That's, That's my show. Well, okay. those serious shows can be tricky. In my high school, one of the, um, like the fall play was a show about like a, like a Palestinian-Israeli conflict thing, right? Oh, don't you and, love that? And it was like, uh, I remember... I remember uh, one of like the scenes in the play is like this mother, you know, talking to her daughter because the daughter is going to be a suicide bomber, right? And the mom is like kind of screaming, like, "Oh my god, don't do the bomb! The oh, bomb's going to go off! Oh, the bomb's going to go off!" And it ends. And then and the curtain. The local sheriff had like <laughs> obviously, I had no idea really how this happened, but I think because of the microphones yeah. and because of the transmission. Um, somebody over the my small oh, town they like, raided the place. Thing, heard someone yell, "Don't the bomb's gonna oh go off! God. Don't do the bomb!" And so the police Wonderful. show up. Oh, nice! And like, yeah. where's the bomb at this high school Disaster. theater? The police are always making everything better when they show up. They're there to protect. Yeah. yeah. Um, don't you love how all theater now has to be ultra uh, political? It's about the news cycle. That's really my favorite part about uh, being with so many theaters around in New York. When I moved here, they were doing ridiculous stuff everywhere, like maybe a Strindberg play. Mm -hmm. You could look up the stupid Time Out magazine and you could find Miss Julie somewhere. You could find all sorts of crazy, and I was in theater and I thought I had died and gone to heaven when mm -hmm. I moved to New York. You could find the most fascinating things. Everything's being remade, wonderful. And then the politics happened. Mm -hmm. And it feels like all of the shows that were like borderline interesting, the ones I liked, yeah. something borderline interesting, they're all gone now. They've mm. been replaced with uh, current event topics. Or after school PSAs, pretty much. Which is what they amount to, right? Yeah. I noticed recently um, you went to the Soundheim show. Mm. I want to make fun of you so bad right when you do it, because a lot of those okay. Broadway houses, I hate, I'm just not with them. Mm -hmm. Do you, but, um, after I saw that, I was like, oh, I'm messaging Roman right now to explain to him he needs to go to some real shows. And then I, I looked at it. It, looked, it actually looked nice. Mm -hmm. um, I'll I want to come back to it in a second. But uh, then what I did was I looked up the other shows playing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Roman's at one of the best shows <laughs> playing yeah. right now. And that was a disappointing little <laughs> review of what's happening in the like New York City. Sondheim theater. revival is the most exciting thing. Oh, Lord. I love Sondheim so much. I wish he oh, was yeah. here. I would hug him. But When he died, um, uh, me and my good friend, we put flowers at his theater. It yeah. was, uh, and it was really sad, too, because like the Sondheim theater was like showing Miss Doubtfire. Right. And so it's like this weird, bitter thing where we like... Tried to make our little pilgrimage with some flowers to put, right. you know, to honor this man who changed my life. Uh, and then it's like people are like lining up for the Miss Doubtfire show and like into, in the theater named after him. Yeah. And Into the Woods is a really good show. Yeah. You know, like I don't care who's producing it. You could go to high school production of Into the Woods, probably mm -hmm. have a great time. Yeah, it's, it's a tight show. It's written well by James Lapine. I mean, it's pretty much like a quintessential um, problem to play. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, right. no, it's a great show. So you went to the Soundheim Theater, which roundabout stole from Henry, Henry Miller, not the writer, but the actor. Mm -hmm. uh, this man was part of the original, like, 1920s theater movement. He founded this theater. I think he paid for the building of it. If you look up Henry Miller, the actor, 
the uh, Wikipedia is like a paragraph, but if you look up the theater, mm -hmm. it's a lot of paragraphs. So the theater kind of outlives the man. Interesting. At least it did until the Bank of America tore it down and a roundabout took it over. I don't know if you know this, but only the facade of that theater is original. Wow. The, they put the rest of the theater where Miss Doubtfire's playing underneath the ground. Mm. So Bank of America kind of gutted it. And I don't think anything inside is original to what Henry Miller did. Mm. But if you look up the history of that theater, it was beautiful. Really? It's one of those New York City tragedies. I'm glad that they kept the facade, mm -hmm. but the whole yeah. theater would have been nice. It looked, there's pictures obviously on the, on the Wikipedia, on the internet. You have to look up the Soundheim Theater because it's not Henry Miller's theater mm -hmm. anymore. But I, 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 uh, that is just one of the many reasons that I'm gonna go down to Roundabout and maybe allegedly not really, guys, misinformation, burn it to the ground. Uh -huh. Roundabout. And do you know who produced the Into the Woods that you saw? Um, it was City Centers. It was City Centers. You know what was crazy about that? I know it's City Centers, and it's not coming to me right now. It's not the word Oracle. But the people are at City Centers, but the people who are like listed at the top of the production, they used to be a management company. It's mm -hmm. the... Um, I don't know how they got involved in now making development or whatever, but... They um, used to be the management company mm -hmm. that kind of did the actor studio. Okay, cool. So I, I did recognize that. I looked it up immediately. I was like, if this is a roundabout show, I am going to message uh, Roman <laughs> a just terrible amount of curse words. Mm. But it, it wasn't. They're, they're doing okay. Roundabout, I'm just still complaining. Roundabouts, I don't know what you know about them. They, they used to do mini shows. I don't know why they're not doing mini shows this year, they're doing one show. It's the 1776 show. Yeah, yeah. I think they're doing it over at Sixth Avenue. Let's yeah. go burn it down. You know, it's just terrible nonsense. Um, they're also the giant Broadway company that relies mostly on taxpayer dollars. People don't know this, really? but Roundabout has an educational contract with the city, and that's how they're making a lot of money. Okay. I don't know if you've noticed this, but once a theater company gets in on the tax dollars, it seems like they are not really caring anymore how I feel about the show. Yeah. They're just, it, Roundabout seems like, Roundabout's like, oh, we, Roundabout's like a rich person who makes a stupid show because they can and it's like about themselves or so. You know, it's like a vanity project. Mm -hmm. You heard me, Roundabout. Okay, I'm done. I can go on and on and on. But I think we're shutting Julie pretty hard. No, I mean, I just, you know, I, I don't really know about that company. And I'm not sure if, like, if Roman's no, no, involved. No, 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 I'm just complaining. No, of course he's not. And I'm like, if we've, Roman we've was involved. Pretty, we've gone pretty, like, hard on, like, anti didactic, anti educational <laughs> theater. And I mean, I can't say as an academic that I totally mm, agree. I mean, right. I think there's an interesting discussion there. They don't but. need the tax money, they can just make shows that people enjoy. And then they can use the profit to help the kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I'm taking not my money and making a 1776 shot. 1770 is that about the American Revolution? What are oh, they doing? Julie, I don't know, but you can okay. imagine what I assume. It, are you? Do you follow I, this company, Roman? Um, a little bit. I mean, I don't have as passionate um, <laughs> you're not, opinions. You don't have as. Well, the, you know, I'm, I'm willing to move downtown. I'm willing to shut Julie out of this conversation and talk no. about theater for hours. But you I know, I'm a theater kid. I thought we're kid. here to talk about theater. Well, we are. So yeah. let's interject that Julie 
Mm-hmm. I thought we were interviewing Despite, Roman. No, I'm yelling things at no, Roman, I'm and then later I'll ask him some questions. But the coffee's got to wear we off can first. Burn, we can burn bridges for like a good no, three minutes. No, don't do that. With this is going to be. Theater <laughs> I just want to go on the record as I support Roundabout. Oh, okay, uh, all right. Well, half of the also Julie like versus the, the Frog and supports as Roundabout as Theater. As a young playwright looking to get his stuff produced, <laughs> I also <laughs> fully respect Roundabout as well. And okay, well let me hit you. Let me hit you with some positive stuff about. Um, the show you did see, Into the Woods, the girl who costume designed it, I don't know her name, I'm very sorry, but I think she um, comes from the public theater, Mm -hmm. so I think she's doing really well right there. And also the person who I think is the real production manager on that show went to Webster University, the theater school. Um, I know his name, I'm not going to say it just because I'm not sure he would love this show. He doesn't even know who I am, but I know who you are, buddy. And uh, mm-hmm. he's a these the people who come from Webster and they come from the theater schools. They're the best people in theater in this town. Really? It's the corporate people that drive you crazy mostly. I love the theater school kids. They come from Webster. They come from North Carolina School of the Arts. They come from um, what's that one in Pennsylvania? Mm, Bucknell. I, yeah, I, I will think of the, the other the, one. Um, yeah. Costumes for the Into the Woods were, they were really cool. Well, she's good. And they a lot really of cool. the people who come out of, I want to get into, like, I guess that's off Broadway once you get down to the public. Mm-hmm. But I think even more, I, I did a lot of off Broadway work, but even more, aren't we, and maybe you were down in the off off Broadway world. Mm-hmm. Off Bushwick. Off Bushwick. What well, Alex what's going on in it. Bushwick that we had ought to see? And not you, not your stuff. It's not quite time to plug you again, but uh-huh. what the hell's going on out there that maybe we should go see? Well, in Bushwick, they have that, um, there's that theater company called, I think it's called like Life World. Mm-hmm. Um, They're doing the Ocean Show? Mm-hmm. Oh. I like Life World stuff. So like the Ocean Show mm-hmm. is happening in the church? Um, I forget I where they're having it. I think it's the company who used to... They do immersive theater. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Below the Ocean. Is that right? Is that the name of the show? Mm-hmm. And um, a, lot of, a lot of it is really heavy on the costuming. It's kind of an opportunity for the people over, uh, you know, in Bushwick who love the costumes. What's the, um, what's the nightclub kind of bar there? Cosplay? Stop. No, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry, Listen. There's a lot of fashion. I'm not trying to insult. There's a lot of fashion-based things going on in Bushwick. And, you know, I like the immersive theater, but it's kind of a, it's kind of a, you know, costume extravaganza thing. Mm -hmm. And and all of them are. All of the immersive theaters are kind of heavy on the costuming. That's kind of the point. Yeah, we're doing a little bit. I don't know if they're doing a little little living theater thing. Yeah. But I do, I do like it. And I think they used to be in the space over by KGB. Maybe they can call and correct me. But I think they've been doing immersive theater out there for a while. And there used to be this one that was pirate themed when they first redid the event space Pirates. next to KGB. You can't really see Pirates. it. I don't know mm. if you know this. Next to KGB on whatever stupid street that is at the Jefferson stop, there's a just a little door, but it opens up into a giant performance space. And they somebody bought it at one time and remodeled the bar. And they turned it like the bar had a giant pirate ship in it. And it was more to like bring people in and be like, this is a place about theater, and, mm-hmm. you know, have something to talk about. I never saw one of the shows because it was expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was back when I was standing in line for rush tickets, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm, I wasn't on the $30 mm-hmm. theater. But I like that you brought that up um, because it's on my list. 
Mm-hmm. I put it on my list. I can't believe you said that. You know what? You know what I thought was going to happen? Mm. You were going to say, yeah, "You don't know what's going on," and then I would be like, "What about below the ocean?" Uh-huh. I really was going to do that for Bushwick. Well, what about um, anything else? What about here in the city? Because I'm never leaving. I'm never going out there. Well, in so. for theater stuff, usually I kind of try to point people in the direction of uh, Gaz's plays happening. Usually, um, just because you know it's funny because so. There is this interesting time period we're living in. I feel like the past. Please like, make it end. <laughs> I feel like there's like this time that we're living in the past like six months where um, my plays have like done, been done independently and uh, Gaz's plays have been done independently. And I think you have like a few other people who are independently putting on their shows right now. And I do feel like it's exciting in the sense that those kind of like younger. I mean, this is something that I. I moved to New York City, you know, to be honest, to kind of, like, do this. 100%, to, dude. Uh, what are we all to, living in this shithole well, for in the first place? <laughs> but to, to be able to kind of bridge the world between institutional and, like, regular theater, if people yeah. want to call it kind of just, like, um, bourgeois liberal theater, whatever, that's fine. The then, opposite word for mimesis, like, inst- mm-hmm. you know, like, and people then, telling you a story. And then bridge it with kind of, like these Lower East Side little dime square people. And yeah. I think what Gazda has done is very like impressive with that. Right. I want to do the same thing as well. Yeah, yeah. I want to be able to take that also further and bring my shows and bring my plays and my whole aesthetic to a larger, frankly, more mainstream audience. Because I yes. think in just in, in my thinking, uh, Lower East Side is always going to be cool and sexy and Lower East Side people are always going to be interesting and fun. Forever. And I think what happens a lot of the time is that institutional theaters um, and large nonprofit theaters and just commercial Broadway shows, like what you're talking about, like with the public or with uh, Roundabout or even just other The bro- public Broadway has Oscar ran things. away from me. When I moved to New York City, mm. I loved that place. Yeah. And it has run, it picked up its bags and it split on me. Well, I just feel like a lot of the, I just feel like there is, this, uh, I want to say like attitude, but it's kind of this um, assumption that theater is designed to um, delegate like the moral truths to the populace who's like too dumb to know it. Yes. And I feel that... Talking down to the audience, like they'd never heard of the Civil War before or something. Yeah, things like that. But also I feel like uh, this kind of way of... um, Frankly, like never uh, giving the audience its own space to make um, moral assessments, right? It's kind of like the moral the moral yes. conclusion has already been has been like received and decided on. I hear that. And then what happens a lot of the time is like it's kind of given, and then it's also like shown like, yeah, isn't this so bad? Like this person said like a racist thing in a play or something. And then you'll have the person say the racist thing in the play. And then you'll have the other characters either scold them or point it out. And so to me, I feel like that what that does is it kind of robs the audience of frankly agency and uh, robs the audience of the time to really think and make those decisions. And I think because what happens is like 
it's a risk you're taking. Because what if you have an audience, a character say a racist thing and then the audience is like, yeah, actually, he's got a point. That's a risk. Yeah. You take that risk. Yeah. And what happens, I think, and what I would hope is that um, a playwright or a theater maker would be skilled enough and well enough and would have their own moral convictions that, frankly, like, can transcend what you want to call like maybe preaching and stuff in that yes. through the action of the play, the uh, moral messaging. But I just feel like it's a very... Uh, conservative, like uh, evangelical Christian viewpoint to think that really? art is supposed to tell us our moral yes, uh, yeah. our no, moral no, no, no. standards. I, I think arts uh, and theater's whole point is to really um, like show up a mirror, which, you know, show up a mirror, but also to let the audience have a sense response that allows them to feel um, frankly like a deep deeper impact of what it means to be human. And those aren't always comfortable things. I mean, this is something that I've always worked on in my plays as well. You know, I have plays that are about characters and have main characters who are not on the surface level approachable or nice or interesting or people yeah. you'd want to vote for or people you'd want to like And maybe it's not your charge. job to make the audience love them. Maybe they weren't supposed to. Who knows? It should be their choice though, right? Well, I think I feel actually, it's funny you say that because I actually feel... A, it's like these complicated feelings I have sometimes when I have the audience do love those characters. I've had people say that to me that they fall in love with that their favorite character yeah. is that's like that's the, the villain, racist character bro. I wrote, or the favorite character yeah, yeah. is like the sexual assaulting frat. Right. Bro. That's right, stuff right, right. That okay. in, and part of me is alarming. <laughs> yeah. It's well, like shake your hand and be like, Telly alarming. is the hero of the story. You're like, wow. Well, I think like the alarmingness of it uh, to me is not this sense of like um, endorsing uh, or you know seconding what those characters do. I think what it is is it's more this sense of identifying with like the deeper emotional truth of that char of that character. Right. Isn't that um, why? Um, so it's like you're rapey and I want to be rapey too. No, that isn't no. that why? I mean, like for most of us, for our people who are into this kind of thing, and most people are like mature enough or on the level, man. People who enjoy, say, the Joker character, they are not uh -huh. enjoying it because they want to be a homicidal maniac. Yeah. There's something else going on. It's about human condition. Yeah, it's like people who say they love Hannibal Lecter. It's like they don't right. actually they don't eat cannibalism you. Right. and stuff like that. It's more they can respect the like they can respect the complexity of that character and right. they can respect the contradicting elements of a character like Hannibal Lecter, right? I, mean, I think right. the acting is great, but I, I don't think it's like a lovable character. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's done in a way that is lovable, but that isn't like the artifice part That's of what makes That's the dichotomy. It, it makes that It's not makes a lovable that character. It makes that Hannibal movie interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, this is an extreme example and it doesn't have anything to do with ethics, but it's like Henry James' uh, Turn of the Screw. You know, and you're, you're in your, I don't know if that was middle school or whatever it was, high school, but it's an opportunity for One the kids those. to discuss what really happened in this story. It, do you, are you familiar with Turn of the Screw? All right, well, in Turn of the Screw, the children are seeing ghosts, and you're not really sure as the reader if the ghosts are real, if the children are lying, or if the woman taking care of them is crazy. And mm -hmm. you, you're not, Henry James is hoping that you can't really figure it out, and he, did, he wrote it in a way where, you know, do, literature departments like to teach kids with it because you have to, like, decide yourself. Uh, did, is there a real ghost? Is the woman crazy? Are the children just being imaginative? And, uh, you know, they have an opera of it or whatever. And I always liked that 
because it's just inviting compare and contrast. It's inviting for you to think maybe. Mm-hmm. You don't just read the book and be like, ghost story, the end. Yeah. You know, you st- maybe you would think about it. And, you know, that's not on the political level, but it is an example of how, like, we don't really need to be demanding that people understand in that way. Well, to get back to your point about loving, I think that that's a, we have to be very careful about what terms we're using, first mm. of all, because when I say loving, that right. doesn't mean, like, an endorsement or um, it doesn't right, mean okay, some sort yes. of, like, identification. What yeah. I'm talking about is... Mm. People, some uh, people's favorite plays and favorite characters are um, shows where the character is like an alcoholic or something. Okay. Um, an example would be Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, right? Mm-hmm. People love that show mm-hmm. and they love Martha. That is a good example. And yeah. those are that's a married couple who are like so cruel to each other. They're so inviting and vitriolic, and they're so frankly evil to each other. Now, when someone says, "I love the character of Martha," when actresses say. I love playing Martha. I love playing her. She's right. so fun to play. Now, is it because they all love to be um, evil alcoholics? Jerks. I don't yeah. think so. I, I want to go on stage and, and act like a jerk. <laughs> and when and when audience members say, "I love that character," and when they say, "When Martha is complaining about her life, and when Martha has those moments where she shows how lonely she really is, I weep with her." That to me does not mean you're endorsing the bad things of the character. What that means to me is that it's, you are uh, frankly transcending like low, frankly, temporary, temporal, like, uh, like very, um, you're, you're transcending like, frankly, like shallow politeness or shallow uh, moral things. Because I think, you know, a lot of like moral judgments and stuff over millennia change right of like compared to like morals and like the audience right right? and so but it doesn't mean that like you can still weep when odysseus who's like (laughs) pretty pretty much like genocided of people and right in the television or you know uh the bad guys you could say like well i weep when odysseus weeps and his wife doesn't recognize him regardless of the crime of the of his murdered people when i weep when martha weeps i weep when goneril and Reagan and King Lear are like yeah. are are found out and they weep about it and they kill themselves because of it. Or when one of them kills them, kills herself because of it. So what I'm saying about my characters in my plays is that when I have a frat boy character who's a sexual assaulter, who's a total drunk, who like you know is a insane person. You looked person. right at me when you said that. I don't know. <laughs> um, when I have a character like that who you wouldn't want to spend a day with them, but when he weeps about his emotional vulnerability and stuff. I want my audience members to weep with him. It doesn't mean I'm like um, forgiving him of his sins. And it doesn't mean I'm also uh, apologizing for those sins. What it means is people are very, very, very complicated. And it means that characters who the audience members use as a way to facilitate their own repressed emotions can finally see someone on that stage that they're like, oh, wow, like I, in a fucked up way, I relate to this person. I can see myself. Maybe I didn't literally attack someone. Maybe I didn't literally murder someone. But I wanted to. But I wanted to. Or I felt like it. Or I've hurt someone in another way. And right, me, I still feel Let me ask you a way. question here, Roman. So to me, I just feel like um, this idea of stuff being like dangerous when you have characters who are maybe not the most like morally upright. I just feel like it's... Um, 
I just think what, hap what happens a lot of times is people get very, you know, I mean, I, and for good reason, they get scared of it because they don't want to endorse Roman. violence or endorse that. Roman, but are I you taking like a happens... lot of shit for these characters? Right? It definitely <laughs> seems like, like you're... I feel like last night Mon somebody read you the right oh, actor on this yeah. misogynist yeah. drunk character. What's going on Now here? listen, I didn't Press read the that. reviews or anything. Are you, is this something happened? That, like somebody was like, listen, <laughs> Roman no. needs to be run out of town because he made a frat boy character? <laughs> no, I, no, that's not... No, like nothing of that happens, but I think, you know. It's coming, Roman. Well, I Eventually like they it, will come. <laughs> well, I think it's, I think any like smart artist when you're dealing with sensitive things like this has to be like kind of prepared to at least somewhat anticipate or understand listen, maybe the idea listen, that people I'm freak a villain. Out about it. I'm a villain in this town and uh -huh. it hurts my feelings every time someone yells at me. It doesn't even matter what it's about. Uh -huh. I put myself out there like, yeah. come, come get me. Yeah, and then totally. when they do, I'm like, why are you doing that to uh -huh, me? Uh -huh. So, you know, but I think we live in a current, like you were saying, maybe we live in a current time where the devil cannot be pictured. You know, we, <laughs> it's like, like the most like defensive rant. I just you, gave. No, that's fine. I loved it. But we live in a time where, you know, um, the, the worst thing is not allowed to be pictured unless we're destroying it. And we couldn't uh -huh. do a show about the devil having a dinner party or something, yeah. or at least not, uh, you know, not the devil specifically, but whoever is currently occupying mm -hmm. that coveted spot. Yeah. And we just live in a time where evil cannot be presented unless it's being destroyed in that moment and in that scene. Mm -hmm. And we could never have what you're talking about, letting people make their own judgments or putting something in an unusual scenario so that they're forced to judge the character, mm -hmm. this is just not happening a lot. You know, I, I think this is why we have um, so many bad shows right now. It's not just about education, being too close to theater, a big problem for mm -hmm. me. I think a lot of the mor moralism flows from education into the theaters. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I, I think the reason why there's so much crap everywhere is because you're not allowed, a lot of the fun stuff you're just not allowed to do right now. Or there's a lot of stuff that's just being gate kept out. Mm. Whereas before the, the New York City I moved to was kind of like, hey, if Isbin ever wrote a play, someone somewhere's probably doing it. Mm -hmm. Not anymore. There's a lot more, maybe a lot of social thought going into the production of things. And when you can't find a show in the past that fits your current moralism, you have to write some garbage mm -hmm. to plug in. You know, and I think that's really the big problem in the New York I moved to and the New York now is that we weren't living in a time before where you had to morally check every show from 1800 against whatever crazy moralism was happening now. You mm -hmm. could just have a show. I'll give you an example. Have you ever been to the Wild Project down on 3rd? No. no. All right. How about you? No, I'm Let's been bring there. Julie back into this conversation. I've been there. Julie, do you know where KGB Bar is? Um, I, I mean, the other day you sent me down there. <laughs> I, I did. Did you go to that? I didn't go. <laughs> I didn't go. Oh, everybody that's ever had a show at KGB go. Bar, Julie's not coming. But um, Swift is also on that street. And I think that's Fourth Avenue. Okay. And there's like stuff. La Mama's across the street from there. We won't talk about what they're doing right now. You know, they're actually doing a really good show in the basement. It's like a, um, one of the company managers over there wrote a show in like the 70s and they're redoing it and it's about like loneliness and stuff i i would i might go see it but um i was actually gonna make fun of somebody else but so there's a lot of theaters over here in this area and on third not on fourth where kgb is a little farther east on third is the wild project i used to go there all the time 
I thought that as far as off off Broadway went, it was pretty cool. They do not produce shows, so they're just a theater house. So what's playing there now is not their fault. But, you know, they've got it in there. And let me tell you what they're doing over there. Because I saw it the other day, and I was like, this is... This they're, they're, they're putting out a series of shows about Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. And each one of them is a different side of how this man is the most evil man in history. Mm-hmm. Let me give you an example. Oh, wow. The last one they did was called Disney Girls. And it's about how the women are mad at Disney and they're being mistreated and he's an evil bastard. Mm-hmm. Now they're doing a show because they're doing a series of these shows. Now this one's about how Walt Disney's a mean man because he's not uh, letting everyone unionize. Mm-hmm. And so now we're doing the anti-union show. And then right up the street, like the cage, what the hell's that theater called? The Chain Theater. They're doing a show about how Noah was a misogynist during the Great Flood. We're just doing a lot of this stuff all the time. Oh, yeah. The show they're doing at this place right now Mm -hmm. is hilarious. uh, By the way, it'll be closed by the time this episode comes out. Thank God. But the show they're doing at the 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 Oh, no, no. It goes like this. It goes like this. Their synopsis says. Just like the Judeo Christian? No, 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 no. It's it's just about misogyny and white dudes. Uh So Noah gets the, uh, you know, word from the Lord that the world's going to be flooded. And in this telling, he goes home to tell a group of women. Uh, that God has called him to make a boat. And then the women yell at him. And that's the show. Oh. The women are like, why should we do it? You say, oh, God told you? Who's that? No, I don't think so. Uh-huh. And so the whole show is about how Noah cannot just assume the women are going to follow him onto the boat. He needs to explain himself. Mm-hmm. And I just think that this is hilarious. Like, well, do we need to... Holy I love goodness. how informed you are about these shows. Have you... Well, I just, I just looked it up, man. So let me tell you a little something about doctors and research. What they do is there's a library or a computer, you get some simple searches going, um, and I'll help you figure out. How I mean, I'm I'll... not that into the present, but. Okay, that's um, fair. You know, I salute those of you who study Sometimes, the present. I, I like to, like, you know, let. 50 to 100 years pass before I try to critique. Would it be funny? Like, Julie's like, I'm sorry, I can't comment on that. It's only been about 90 years, and it's still playing uh, out. <laughs> There's still things playing out, so let's not get involved. I, li- I like that. That's okay. Sometimes I, mean, I, I think- view you... I'm, I'm sorry, I'm yelling at my mm-hmm. co-host. Um, sometimes I view you as, like... It's so weird, because I didn't used to view you this way, but I view you sometimes like... like like, Julie's back there. She's just like a fun person, but she's got an arm full of books. And sometimes I can't see That you. is my real life. I can't see that you is, sometimes. Like, where's Julie? Where's Julie? Life. And then the books go over, they fall over, and then we have fun. Absolutely. And then I can see you. You see how unenthused she is well, about you it. Robin, we let's talk about this podcast. Shop. What? I'm sorry? You promised we were going to the bookstore after that. We are going to the bookstore. I don't necessarily. I guess this will come out later. Mast. I have never been. Have you been to yeah, Mast? Of course he has. I'm excited. He's a person in New York City who I mean, wants again, to go outside. I just outside. moved back from Spain. Yeah, they and have cool, um, <laughs> like, oversized magazines. Okay. That's the right. Okay. They have good cl- the clearance box at Mass is actually really good. The I'm going to go box. over there to try to pull a prank today. I mean, yeah. I usually just right. do LibGen, but, you know. <laughs> what do you do? Library Genesis. Shh. I didn't say Okay, it. I don't really know Off what that is. Tell us what that. that means. No, that's it's like just... like an academic... Yeah. It's an academic, like, online... It's like an online type of... Like oh. library you thing, go right? there you mm-hmm. s- you put in your doctor id number and then um mm-hmm. all the other doctors come up in the zoom window and they just say you're right mm-hmm. you're like i knew it that's what i came here for and they're like green check mark it was pirated pirated pdfs oh of now you've got hundreds my... of books oh nice yeah. all the books 
All the books. It's very upsetting when they're not on there. Although, do you trust? Do you trust all the electronic book uh, compendiums? Because I think they're changing it on me. What do you mean trust? Like, what do you mean changing? I mean, like, I go to an online library. I look up a book. Maybe it's Lady Chatterley's Lover. Mm -hmm. And I'm suspicious that this has been uh, maybe censored. It's on the internet. How do I yeah, know? Yeah, maybe. It's I mean, a there's a couple question. books that are still out of print that I want to read that I can't find PDFs of. Right. In I mean, what country? Um, well, I mean... He means English, English. language, I assume. Okay, yeah. English so, language. I mean, I feel like on the internet... Like you should have access to anything in the internet. Uh, well, that I know that's why. For well, example, yeah, well, people's crazy. resumes. Maybe I'm not a good. Re well, maybe I'm not like I'm probably not researching like correctly because I kind of just do a basic. Well, you don't have to. Search. You're not a doctor, Roman. You're a playwright. But You're not supposed there, to. Know there are just like books I'll hear about that like. Oh my god! I want to hear about the books that are banned. That that there's you're a one for. called The Sacred Scarab. They, it's like a. Um, it's racist toward Egyptian people. No, it's like a early feminist. You can laugh, Julie. It's okay. We we are gonna. You know what? We're gonna. You're, it's like a Jewish. I'm, feminist. I'm just gonna say like that's funny when things are funny. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you're not <laughs> laughing anymore. You're giving me these funny. like smirk. Like you God. know, the first time funny. we did this, she was laughing. It was uh -huh. a new experience, not a new experience anymore. Because I came late. Okay, I'm sorry. I fucked but up. You're I'm new. I'm new. I don't think you were late. Were you? Yeah. Oh well, then I'm mad. I wasn't mad until I found out just now. Um, you guys, like you guys should have fun for a minute because all I could think about is trashing some more theaters. I don't know. I walk around this town, I look at the theaters, and I'm like, that's where I used to have fun. Uh huh. That was where the shows were. But do you think that, like, <laughs> the? What, I mean, when? What do you mean when? When you say fun, like, yeah. what do you mean when you say fun? I mean though? good. You know what I mean. Like cool, you go like somewhere, cool, you leave a show, Sucks and theater. you're like, that was the goddamn best show I ever saw. Mm -hmm. It cost you $12. You stood there on Rush. It was fucking cool. Yeah. It's not happening to me a lot. Um, okay, let's, let's be more positive because, uh, you know, I guess somebody likes that somewhere. The New Ohio is doing a really cool show uh, about a Russian, um, I think he's Russian, uh, philosopher. He wrote um, The Theory of Pure Theater or something like that. Okay. Uh, it's in another language. I think he's Polish. Let's go to Polish. His name is... I have it here. I wanted to do it without it, but I, I don't think I can pronounce it anyway. It's Statlanev Veka... There's no way. Vidavidis. Nope, that doesn't sound Polish. How do you Polish. spell it? Well, you know, all the V's are W's. All the W's are V's. So I wrote it down with V's instead of W's, or there was no way. I messed it up anyway. Mm -hmm. But it's W-I-T-W-I-E-W-I-E-Z. Yeah, that's not easy. Um, but he was an interwar guy. He w called what he was doing um, theater formalism. That does, it doesn't really fit with the other formalisms but because it was the 20s. And I love the interwar period because everybody's using phrases wrong the way they wouldn't be used later or, or before and stuff like that and also um what he wrote was the theory of pure form of theater and uh it's happening at the new ohio i don't think it'll be closed by the time this comes out but one of the reasons i thought it was cool was not only um i like to learn stuff mm -hmm. especially like i don't know who this is i, I that's cool. It's not like I don't ever want to learn anything. I'm not running from education. Everybody listening to this thing, this guy just wants to laugh at the show. No. I, don't want, I do want to learn stuff. I want to have fun. I want, I want to look up a show and be like, ooh, I should look that up when I read the synopsis. 
Could but, you, um, on that note, could you say, what's the name of the Disney shows? Um, the Disney shows were Burbank, the one they're doing now about how Disney is the evil guy who doesn't like labor. And then the other show was Disney Girls. And get this, there's more of them. I think they pumped out like five shows about how oh. Disney's an evil bastard. It's like, give it a rest for five seconds, everybody. The New Ohio show, though, seemed interesting to me because, A, I like the New Ohio I liked the old Ohio. Mm -hmm. You can do whatever you want, dude. We don't own this place. Do whatever you want. Unless the lady, she's not even in here. You see what she did? She's just like, she's totally disinterested. I think she does not want to hear me babble anymore. But uh, one of the reasons I'm interested in this new Ohio show, and I don't know if you, if you ever think about this, but the person putting it on, like the person who developed it, is the artistic director there. Uh -huh. And I think that's always a good way to get a feeling of where a theater's at. Mm -hmm. Not just by what they're showing, but what are the people, you know, I'm sure the New Ohio's doing some shows that are just coming through. Mm -hmm. But this show is their artistic directors doing it. And I always like to check in. Who the hell's running this theater? So I, I like that. I like when I see stuff sometimes where whoever's involved in the theater is, is putting a show on or more involved. Because I can go down there and get a feeling of like what the next season's going to be like. You know what I mean? This has gone full so what you, theater What are you nerd. anticipating? Uh, well, I know. I just mean I like this is what I'm saying. The show looked interesting. It's about the Polish guy. It's about theater stuff. I love that. He was an absurdist. Everybody knows I love that. And uh, so we've got some theory in there. Yeah, there's a little some bit of theory in there, theory. but also, you know, I like I like to know where everybody's at down there, even though I talk like I already know what they're thinking. Yeah, yeah, that's the way I talk. Like egotistical jerk. I know what everybody's thinking. I look at your eyes. I read your fucking mind. But that's not necessarily true. I should go down there sometimes and take a look. That might be a show that I would see, you know? Well, you know what they say, don't judge your book by its cover. Oh, wow, you totally can. Right. Don't judge your play by its playbill. There we go, nice, nice. Have, um, I got into a roundabout playbill once as a technician. Nice. I, I hate them so much, but I saved the playbill. I'm probably gonna frame it one day. That's great. And people are gonna play this episode back to me and they're like, but you said, and I'm like, shut up. I worked there once, I'm famous. Don't talk to me about it. Do you want to tell us any about your theater experience? Um, I I thought we were here to interview Roman. I thought we were supposed we to are. ask him about his writing. We're going which, to. You know, I mean, I have a writing practice. It's like the hardest thing. Writing is so hard. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there's a lot of young, aspiring playwrights out there. And so the question would be like, what program do you use to format your plays? No, I'm joking. That's a funny question. Um, let him answer the goddamn question. Okay. I don't use it for. I use Google Docs. I tried. Nice. People tried to get me to use first draft. I think mm. is what. The, yeah, I just didn't. I don't know. None of that ever worked with me. I I do straight Google Docs. It's kind of like lame, but it's good. That's very democratic of it's you. Very easy. And it's like offline. Do they have too. access? Does Google then like own your material? I have no Watch idea. out for that. That'd be a real kick in the balls. I have no idea. Are you working on anything right now that you're excited about? Um, yeah, so I finished, so a couple of weeks ago I finished my new full-length play, mm -hmm. Chinatown Cigarettes. Mm -hmm. That is going to be getting a public, that's going to be getting a uh, public workshop um, oh, cool. uh, in October, October nice. 8th. Wow. Um, that's going to be done through... My friend's theater company, Adult Film, is going to be running that. Uh, we wanted to ask you about that, or I did, because I was like, is this pornographic? <laughs> so well, I that's saw like Adult the, Film. That's like the joke. It's like kind of tongue-in-cheek. I, I really like it's that. It's like we called it Adult Film. I think film, that's hilarious. It, I think it's that's like a theater really group, funny. I think that is so funny. Roman, <laughs> did this exist before you came and then you got involved, or did you help found Adult Theater? What, what is your uh, my, base involvement here? So my friend, Ryan Schwenko, 
um, Sharenko. Right. Um, he, like, what happened was I met him a year ago when I first moved to New York City. And Has it been we, that long? Yeah. I know, right? It's been it's that's been weird. You like you became really popular. You're like you must be out there buying whiskeys. No. You must be out there taking dances. No. You're not turning down. <laughs> you're not turning down much out there. No, I don't know. What you're Full talking dance about. card. Full dance. Well, card. I mean, I don't know. I just like felt like after the pandemic, I was like, I I graduated college in the middle of the pandemic, wow. and then you're I you're young. Oh my god, you're so I young. Know. You're so Uh-oh, cute. Julie's falling in love right now. Oh my god. <laughs> And so I cut, I lived in Detroit for five years and during the pandemic as well. And so I really cut my teeth, like, doing Detroit theater, working with Detroit artists as well. And I had always wanted to move to New York City. Uh, after the pandemic, I stayed in Detroit for another year. So it wasn't until May of 2021 that I finally kind of really... Um, got the sublease and just moved to Brooklyn and just started writing. That first lease is a kicker, man. Holy yeah. crap. And so in my first like week, I think I met Ryan, who was this actor who had all the same kind of like the same taste as I did pretty much. Mm-hmm. And I was like, are you an actor? And he said, yes. And I said, well, I have this play. Like, can, can we do like a weed? Will you and your friends just like, just so I can hear it, like do like a reading of it, like in your living room. And he said, sure. And so for a long time, for a couple of months in the summer, we would just do table reads of my plays. Um, and, you know, and so Ryan, Ryan was really yeah. so generous and that he was really an fun. angel mm-hmm. about it and just was so happy to do it and introduced me to all of his actor friends from all over the city, which was like an immeasurable um, benefit. I mean, you to had, have You access, had a whiskey with each of them. Yeah, and to have act. <laughs> And to have access to like these amazing actors, to be able to have them read my real words, because a lot of my stuff wasn't really being done, frankly, um, to its full potential in Detroit. So I well, really moved to New York City. The uh, the workshop part of it is so important. I don't you know I don't know how you work, but I could never write any dialogue and really know where the hell I'm at until until the and until p- other people are doing it. Uh-huh. And then as soon as that's how you, you look at something and think you're so studious, but as soon as somebody else is reading it all of the good and bad comes out and you're like oh that was wonderful oh by the way i can hear now just cut that you know forget it yeah yeah that usually is how um i well to be honest it kind of takes me a long time to write a full um script homemade dynamite i really started i wrote the first draft of that when i was 19 when i was in my dorm room when i started i wrote the first draft of homemade dynamite it took me about yeah, like five years, basically. There's nothing uh, wrong with that. Having it, writing it, and then putting project. it away for like a good year or two, bringing it back out, stuff like that. Um, so when I would show things to Ryan and his friends, you know, they would be able to show me things that I hadn't thought about in regards to the script, right? Um, basically, in January of 2022, um, we did a reading of my play Bobcat, and then that was just in Ryan's living room with people. We invited people and stuff, and, you know, Ryan had always wanted to kind of create some sort of um, company or some sort of collective to And that's when it started? Shows. Kind of yeah. around the time of Bobcat? Bobcat was the first thing that, that uh, adult film had done. And really? then that got done at the Emerging Artist Theater off Broadway, like like three months later, like it was actually insane. Then we sold out that and that was- Wow. Right. That was, that was huge. Wow. And that was like think, a one night thing. That's amazing. Um, yeah, that, that's when I like, that's probably when I followed you. I was like, oh, yeah, this, so guy, then, this guy's famous. And now. then like three months after that was when Homemade Dynamite, it was like, I mean, it was, it's been a pretty insane like past couple months because it was just like, 
I had the thing done in Bushwick, got, and then, like, within three months, got into, got, like, basically had, like, an off-Broadway debut at a right. professional festival. Yeah, man. Then had, like, a longer run of a, of a show at an off-Broadway festival as well. And so it's been very, very, very fast, and I'm very aware of how fast it is. And what I think, though, helps is that, you know, I, I just, um, I've been just trying, I've been kind of, like, trying to, like prepare myself for something well, like this. When for you're a talking long time about this stuff, I, I don't get the uh, impression that you're. So you're talking about developing yourself. I don't get the impression you're submitting very much. You're just kind of doing it yourself. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, to be honest, uh, I sent Bobcat to like 20 theaters. Yeah, well, was, that's like, how you college, do it. Yeah, yeah, and then none of them wanted it. None of and them so say anything. I yeah. kind of, to be yeah, to be totally honest, I've kind of, I always kind of gave up hope on the idea of like submitting my work and waiting for a committee or something you, to like it. Now, maybe this was because of like some weird like little self-hatred thing I had where no. I was like, I'm just like a you white... You will one day I'm have just like to... like a white male. They were not no, going to like me. You know, no, they but, won't like you, but... I don't think like what it really... want to co-author something? <laughs> well, yeah, listen, sure, Roman, right, but you'll right, need right, these right, people eventually. Do. You will need these people eventually. I don't... Right? Well, so I don't like... Um, I don't like... Uh, it's not like a thing of like, I, I hate theater establishment people. It's not that at all. What it is, is that I just was like, okay, I just, I'm, I was just like so impatient. I just was like, I can't be like submitting my stuff and then just waiting for, the, so I always I felt like. I think it's like, good for the resume to do the first things yourself. And That's so I, my I always was like, I just need to go and do the stuff myself and be able to show my voice. Because one of the things as well is that like, you know, a lot of doing the stuff myself and producing the shows and getting them done and selling tickets and getting marketing stuff out for everything. I mean, it also helped me really find my artistic voice because I'd have yeah. to constantly be saying, well, so why right. should I go spend money to go see your play, Roman? Right. Well, you know you what? Know, and I'd have to figure out how would I describe myself? How do I describe mm -hmm. my work and my voice? Mm -hmm. right. One of the things that I notice um, some of the time with the with playwrights who are like, frankly, Early, who have like early in their careers, aka when they were in college or just post college, and they kind of get like accepted by this infrastructure. Um, sometimes I just always feel like these people sound so boring, you know, because it seems yes. like they're very much like all the same, you know. I was all people have always, not always, but like a lot of people wanted me to go do an MFA program and I really right. was yeah, against it because and that's yeah. what they want to open the golden doors you know down there at ensemble studio workshop to be honest I feel or I still feel that and I I say this like one of my best friends is like a literal PhD like candidate in England like now you so, have two friends well, who are PhDs MFA and PhD is a little bit different I know what you mean no, but I'm again, saying not, I'm just saying like yeah. she I, doesn't like that Roman I'm saying she doesn't like you equivocate. I'm coming from a family of teachers I'm <laughs> okay, coming right. from like friends oh. yeah. friends who are no, in academia there's a great academia. book on this called The Program Era um, that's a it's about the critique of how like most of the literature that came out of United States like North American oh universities God. MFA programs fits into like one kind of to genre. me I feel like an MFA mm -hmm. currently is akin to castration of your artistic voice <laughs> because what it does is I it like completely like insulates it insulates yeah. you from you know not only like having to try to sell tickets to people who 
like work a full-time job and want to spend their hard-earned money on your play, but also it makes you have this allegiance to professors for, you know, like career opportunities. Of course, it makes sense. I mean, you'd be a fool not to do that. I think you're doing it the right way. to me, I feel like I want to transcend and I want my, I want my work to last longer. You're really concerned with transcending. Listen, Roman, but here's the thing. I think, I think what you're saying is right. First of all, there is a castration going on. And the thing about submissions before you found your voice, like you're doing it right. You're doing it right. But here's the thing about, so the, if you go at submissions before you really know your own self, what they want in these submissions is not just like to milk you for some money. They also want to treat you like a person who doesn't know about playwriting. And they want you to come in so they can chop your play up mm-hmm. and make it more like their theater. And when you don't know your own voice, you don't know what to let them get away with when they're, there's a bunch of people yeah. standing around you and you just moved here and they're telling you, uh, this whole section has to go. Yeah. You know, and I think, but this is the thing. This is the thing, though. There is a moment where you're going to want, you're, you're going to be on off, off Broadway next. This is what's coming next, right? You're going to get into these theaters. Mm-hmm. And so now that you've found your voice and you're finding your voice, the thing to do now would be to start thinking about how your voice fits with like which theaters. You know what I mean? Mm. You mean oh, yeah. maybe, if I've, you're not a flea well, I've theater had, guy. I've having those conversations. So, so I let think me, I are know. you, is it, is a little, it's not bridge burning or is it a little too presumptuous for you to say, here are the off, off Broadway theaters that, cause I'm already thinking about, well, honest, in my mind, I'm like, which theaters honest, were rolling? I'll be honest with you. I think it kind of, de- frankly, depends, depend, depends on the play you have, dude. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, if yeah. you are a script yeah, yeah. writer and you write a script that is an action film, well, you're not going to send it to a producer who only produces romantic comedies, but yes. a, a writer yes. can also write an action film and a romantic comedy okay, too. Okay, but promise me So though. there are different theaters yes. that I feel, um, do better in certain different types of plays. So you are so, thinking about so it. So I yes, like I wouldn't okay. send Bobcat to the same theater I would send Homemade Dynamite to. Okay. Because yeah. those are two completely different plays. Those are completely I mean they're both me, but they're completely different um well Bobcat's based off of Rebecca Lee's short story Bobcat, but that even that is an important element. It's like that's its own separate thing. The audience, the people who would pay money to go see Bobcat aren't necessarily the same people who would go see money to see Homemade Dynamite or the people who, you know, want to go read the my Free Lesbians play. I mean, those... I like that one. Aud- I should have brought I some like alcohol that. in here for Roman. There or should be alcohol I'm here a It's bit. like a late motif that you must smoke. Me? Yeah. Smoke? Um, I don't you like... You don't have to, like, out yourself. Uh, no, I, all right. I mean, that's so, basically devilish. I'm glad that you're thinking about it because I'm already jumping ahead. I believe I know what's best for everybody. I'm already jumping ahead of all this. I'm already thinking about what Roman well, should do with the rest of his life. And I, I'm uh-huh. just I'm glad to hear... What is your projection? No. <laughs> so at age Does 40... Does it involve New York? No, no, no. Okay, so what I was thinking before was, you know what might be a good theater? I'm just going to throw this out there for for not not the greatest place in the world. Not These aren't the greatest places, but the next step kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. A, a theater that's often associated with NYU but takes open subscriptions. Believe it or not, the mm-hmm. Strasburg Theater, which is on 15th Street, mm-hmm. they take, they, they're really closely related to the college, but they take open submissions and they employ a lady. Um, they actually pay her a lot. And she's, the last time I knew it was an older woman, maybe they've replaced her, but she, she's breeding them. You know, mm-hmm. she's going through them. Mm-hmm. And I just think, you know, and, and, you know, maybe that's not the greatest, but there are, you will have to like eventually say, where the hell, you know, can, can we get in Manhattan to show this goddamn show, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there could be a different path for you where 
you have such a community out there in Brooklyn that maybe eventually you're self-funding and this, this guy's just renting a space and showing his own show. That could happen. That would be, that would be amazing. I mean, I, I have no you know shame about that. I mean, I, I want to be on Broadway really badly with right. my plays. I mean, that's they a dream need of you, mine. bro. They I mean, need it's you, funny Roman. because I talk to some of these other playwrights, dude, and like they're so like, yeah, I don't want to go on Broadway. I have no, I don't care about Broadway. Isn't I've that one to, of those I've things where to, like, other playwrights, like a couple, yeah. and they all kind of have this weird like attitude. And part yeah. of me is like, oh, damn, am I like a psycho for wanting to sell out you, as soon as I can? Roman, do you because think that? Like, don't you think it's like, a little bit of sour grapes from some people sometimes? Like, yeah, the chance of getting to Broadway is low, so it's easy easy to be like oh i would never want it it's like i don't want the hot guy to come talk to me and this is why Get the fuck i out of here. this is why um i don't, want, I I don't want to right and this is why i would never like burn a bridge because i love the roundabout theater and the people who <laughs> they, the Roman Roman members they're gonna go and the people who no, run no, no, the you know what? theater are unless, geniuses unless you save them with your tax money i think they're on their way out so why are they no... only doing one show i don't I think that I, I look I at Broadway know. right now and I'm like, you know what's saving how, Broadway right now? Funny Girl. Works. Funny Girl? Yeah. yeah funny Girl. They just extended it. Funny Girl by like 10 weeks or something. Did you know that? Did you know that the um, ticket prices for when Beanie Fields scene were in it were like $300 and then after <laughs> Liam Michelle joined, it's yeah. like $1,000? <laughs> <laughs> <Like>, uh, <laughs> I'm not burning it. Yeah, there's some bur bridge burning shit right there. No, That's I really... <laughs> That's not bridge running. I'm just saying, well, like, the, it's, the producers were smart. I mean, I don't know. Like, well, give me a legacy show that happens on Broadway. You know that you would say, you know what? Maybe I will go see that sometime. You know, is there a legacy show out there? You don't want to tell your friends like which one it is, but there's one that you like. Do you like, like The Lion King? I like, want. I, that's, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. I would say The Lion King or Wicked. Wicked is a good show. Yeah, I, would I see um, I wasn't going to say anything positive on this podcast today, but when I was going through the major. Um, shows i was like i did look at it and i was like you know what wicked's actually a good show wicked deserves yeah. to be there probably forever to be honest compared to these it, other stupid like shows i that. was so funny because i went to circle in the square when i was yes. so I went oh to, i got stories about that mf in place so Go. i went to so i went to circle in the square and it's right next to wicked you know and so i would always be like in like the kind of like that parking garage space like looking at the wicked poster and like yeah. looking at the wicked box i, was, I like wicked. yeah i've always loved to go to wicked i mean something about like especially when you're talking about like uh looking at the shows that are currently on broadway i mean correct me if i'm wrong but it's like i think maybe only eight of them are plays and i get very frustrated a lot of the time about yeah, this yeah. because you know i've written musicals and i, ha I there are you dance yeah, you've yeah. sung you've been out there <laughs> i've written musicals and there are books to musicals i really really there are things i want to turn into musicals a lot there are books of musicals i really want to oh write my God, what do you want to turn into a musical oh, i don't want to say he doesn't want to he, he can't tell you right now then you'll know <laughs> yeah. all his tricks <laughs> well, you'll know bad, all the little like, tricks i'm like i'm like it's a really good idea yeah, you're I'm like, but if you tell the frogs i will steal it i will steal your idea so it's the thing is it's like i don't hate musicals but I do feel like, I just feel like there is this thing that could happen where like the Broadway musical could be brought as like this like sexy, cool medium where the young people in Dime Square could Bada actually bing. talk about it and they could say like, Dan, did you see that new D'Ambrosio yeah. play? Yeah. And <laughs> the D'Ambrosio musical. But I mean, and I felt like this was happening. Yes, I did. Oh, okay. like, we were talking about that. Is that Italian? Yep, it's Italian. Okay. Italian. And you know, like people were, to this was, and you saw like a glimmer of that with Slave Play, right? Yeah. When Slave Play came on Broadway and it was like this talk of the town, people were like, you have to stop what you're doing and you have to go see Slave Play because it's mm -hmm. about the moment 
and people can talk about it. And there are these shows, these plays that get done, and usually they're like these British things. You know, I'm talking about like the Lehman trilogy, and I'm not saying Lehman trilogy is bad, but part of me is like, but that's not about today, man. Yeah. It's not about like a young person today or any what someone's dealing with right now. It's kind of like a cool history lesson type of play. I'm not saying it's a bad play. It's probably a great play. What I'm saying is people are like, that's the best play. And I just get very I'm frustrated not going to a lot. I get very frustrated a lot of time because part of me is like, I know that there are, I know that there are young people here who like have a cool voice, who are viewing the world in a way that like no one else views them anymore. The problem is, and this is like something that like, going back to what we were talking about of like uh, having like hateful characters and incorporating mm -hmm, them. Mm -hmm. and this might sound like so bad, and this like might get me canceled, but like I really You're canceled, oh, canceled. <laughs> But I feel like on the verge of being canceled. <laughs> canceled before I even started. Um, it's funny because I feel like this is something that sounds so insane. I um, I know I know the reason I like I like know that like uh, young artists have voices, independent voices that are there, and they're not just like looking at their phones or listening to auto tune or some crappy stupid thing that like boomers love to accuse young people of doing. <laughs> the reason I say this is Let's because mention avocado toast five thousand times. What I'm saying is like, and the I think like you can look at. Uh, <laughs> Like uh, young, like angry people um, who like post like online and stuff a lot of time. <laughs> I think this sounds so insane, but like a lot of like my artistic influence has frankly come from like um, incel freaks, schizo psychos I mean, online. I feel like you're talking I mean, about me right now. But like, know. but to me, like an incel person is not like just an incel school shooter person. An incel person is like Goethe's "The Sorrows of a Young Werther." Like, I mean, oh, wow. oh, to wow. me, yeah, like yeah. you can. To me, like, well, that's like a. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't invent that comparison. Isn't the woman? Isn't like, the woman really more of the so incel? Isn't the woman? The woman staring out the damn window. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm an incel, but I'm saying that like I think that there is some He's sort the hero of like of incels, there that's is like this said. like um artistic like. <laughs> He's gonna lead them all out like catcher in the rye. I He's catching the young men. I really wish someone. He's, I'm concerned. I wish someone would lead them out. Um, oh my goodness, I want everyone to be in community. No one together wants to be led out. We want to post crazy shit on the internet. Up. Nobody wants get to go off anywhere. Get the internet. Go to the show. I think you should finish your point though. So, like, I want to ask him about the pornography adult film thing. But go ahead. Wait, finish your point. Then we should go to porn, of course. Of course. Like, so, like, I just think that there is. There is a space, there's a vacuum that's happening with young people on the internet and with transposing that, because to me I feel like internet art is like so fleeting and it doesn't last forever. People think it lasts forever, it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm sorry. Mm. And doesn't. what happens is like the real project is can you take your art and make it into a, again, my favorite word, trans, a transcendent oh, okay. type of like um, transcendental work podcast. of art that can uh, <laughs> really last longer than yourself. And one of the things that I just feel like happens with theater, because compared to the other like mediums, okay, compared to films and music and podcasting and books and all this stuff, I feel like theater is in this situation where like, I don't want to say it's like a laughing stock. I, don't, I wouldn't say that. But what I would say it's is better that off than poetry. theater before the pandemic, Broadway just broke a billion dollars. And so I'm sorry, but like comparing that to music and film, a billion dollars is actually like kind of a small amount of money compared to the trillion dollar other entertainment industries. And part of me really, really, really wants to be a part of the change of that and make theater and plays 
this cool, sexy, fun thing yes. because playwriting cool. will last long. Well, you know what I think Very about cool. that is like you're right where theaters become this reductive <laughs> thing where um, what we're going to do is we're going to take the new movie that everybody likes and next year it's going to be a Broadway play. And, you know, um, we're kind of re reductive and, re and reducing the other cultural arts into theater all the time when really there needs to be roundabout, roundabout if you're out there. You just need to make your own shows instead of trying to make a movie into a show. Um, I think the other thing that you're getting at, I'm not sure you're really saying it here, is that uh, there is no art. And I mean movies, theater, anything really out, maybe music, obviously music always, but there's no movie, there's no theater about your generation. There's no like, you know, like what you have um, usually would be like, I don't know why it's taking so long. But usually there's a movie at some point in the early part of a generation that kind of tells people what the characters of the generation are. I think we actually had this conversation on DM once. I'm not doing this on purpose. But I think we talked about this on the internet once, Roman, where we were t I was saying to you, we really need not just about dimes, but we really need some kind of show that shows people what the characters of New York are now. You know, the hipster and maybe the, you know, and maybe the Antifa kid and maybe some of the um, jerk people that work at the film studio. I don't know. But we but there needs to be a now show in the past. Like, I'll just take a movie from like uh, the Gen Xers have like a PCU, a comedy film about college. And really what that movie does is it just showcases Gen X characters. You got the white dude with dreads playing the hacky sack. You got the different people Are that would have been. American Pie. No, but that is kind of similar. And so usually, you know, I don't know why, but we don't really have that, and we don't even have it for like since 2016. You know, since the big political transition, we we haven't had like a show well, that shows everybody the the youth characters that are happening, not just in New York but in America. And I think that's I think that's right. And I think kind of what's going to happen is that you're going to invent these things and they're going to become popular. It's going to flush out the staleness because that is what's needed. Some shows that r relate the now to people, you know, and when they want that, they want to see the characters of their own time. Mm -hmm. Don't you think? I think there's not enough of that. What do you think, Julie? I mean, I love that, but I think my idea would be that... We're doing this now like, we're throwing it to each wouldn't other. Wouldn't you want to co-write? I mean, I just feel like it's so much pressure to put, like, the image and the characters of a generation on one writer and on one voice, and so it's kind right. of like co-write. I mean, that would be... Well, you can't, like, plan... I just feel like you can't, like, consciously plan a lot of that out. A lot of the times what happens is... You just have to you get. You write what you know. And you have to get. One, and you have to get into yourself. You have to get into yourself, and then you let the people who are the critics and who are the analysts. Yes, critics. And not analyze it, and then they later, after I die, can say. Absolutely. This no, was the, I mean the, the artist. Are you in any trouble right now? You when know. you say something, you you're fine, healthy wise. Okay, I kind of heard a thing. You're gonna, you know, you're, you're gonna die or something. What? No, I'm saying like after like posterity, like after after mm. I die. Let's like, talk about like, adult glory. film. We, this podcast actually, I was treating it before like this would never end, but it will eventually. The time will run out. Um, adult film. Before when I asked you yeah, how you were involved in that, is because that. I would like some explanation as to what the 
controversy was over there. I don't understand. The first time I ever heard of adult film, there's some kind of goddamn controversy about it. And what was there a thing about the first? Did you guys get some negative press in the in the first showing where the uh, the the media was angry you weren't gatekeeping the film festival or something? I have no idea. Wasn't there something? Mm. You're not reading your negative press. Wasn't there something at the beginning where? It wasn't the New York Times, was it? Where somebody... That couldn't have been. Well, there was some kind of things written about how you guys were putting some shows on in your film festival, and uh, you weren't... But you have a film festival? Well, that's what what they do. Adult film does little, like, film festivals, Mm -hmm. right? Wasn't there some kind of thing where people wanted you to gatekeep a little more? You had some stuff in there, and they... Some people were angry that you weren't Um. gatekeeping correctly. Isn't that not true? I this guy's so positive. He doesn't even know the hell I'm talking. Mm, no, so I don't sweet. know. Like, really, I think to be honest, no, I don't like know what you're talking about. <laughs> you made no, this up, no Frogman. But like, Frogman, you don't have to make things up. I mean, uh, gatekeeping works. I think, like, you know, I think, like, yeah, I don't like know really what you're talking I, about. Dude, I, I, I should have brought it. Does that were people saying like? The shows we had, the movies we were playing, like weren't like as like high quality or something. No, or? no, politically. Oh, politically, I, no I read something it. where somebody was like, "Great film festival, but why did you let so and so or something happen?" Or they saw they saw a film there that wasn't explicitly in their political party or something. And well, what can I mean? I can't do anything about that. Like, I'm sorry. Like, if someone, if we show a movie that someone doesn't like, like it's not the end of the world. To hell with them. I don't, and I feel like it's not. I'm promoting like, this controversy that might not even exist. I don't think that exists. No, it does. Somebody, I, you know that. what? A lot of times I get confused between the internet and real life uh-huh. because my real life is on the internet. Uh-huh. And so uh, maybe it was just some fucking Instagram shit. I don't really remember. Yeah. But uh, the first time it ever came across my desk, it was, uh, there was something there. I mean, there was, I mean, people like didn't like, my lesbian play that was like a, I don't even know if that was a controversy in the sense that like yeah some people like didn't like what it did the, but they told me to their, they told me to my face they like got that, you after the show and they were like what are you doing right now Roman? well I mean yeah but like I like I that's you mean like the lesbian lobby no like people who uh, didn't like that Mike one like the evil that the villain like was a turf they didn't think that that was like okay. they didn't think okay. that that was like a good thing and i was like well it's a bad it's like a villain character right. like like i was saying earlier mm-hmm. i'm not endorsing what that character says right. i'm like showing you a villain character. i don't know exist. if i would even call that like a controversy though man because to me i'm just like i don't know like people some people will hate the play some people won't like the play i have trust in myself and my artistic voice enough and like in like the and you are also a wildly positive person well is that I true think though people are happy roman turfs, roman do you, well, that any... was why i was like why are you mad at me <laughs> that was like I, well, it's was, well it was you just it was just like a bad it just was like a bad though. faith reading of it okay, and so it was just like okay whatever yeah. like i didn't care like i wasn't keeping it didn't keep me up at night and right. it was people who like either didn't that's read the matters. whole play or didn't understand what it was when i mean people hear something they don't like and then that's the last time they're listening well isn't that be, true? i mean like they're just like well yeah and i just so no i feel like i have i feel like adult film like first of all i feel like you're giving you're giving us like a lot of credit for like we like deserve it. <laughs> like God, anybody would be caring about what no, you're programming no, over there. I mean, thank you. Like, but but I care. I think 
that, like, I think that'd be cool. I'm but caring. Like, He's no. been following you. All I've along. been following you yeah, right yeah, behind he's you. Got a crush. No, you but I that was your shadow. Like, um, it was me. We're gonna. Julie finally laughed at we're one gonna of my put jokes. Out, like, it's the, two hours into the podcast. <laughs> we're gonna put Julie out the work and the shows that we want to do that we yeah. like that sure. are fun for us and our friends. You know, but the idea of like courting controversy. Well, I think no, is do you? You dumb. never. You would never do that. No, and actually, it's funny you mention that because I had people. It's I had so like people. I'm who a little offended my, by the statement that you, as a writer, would never ever push the no, audience. I at had all, people ever. who are my friends say this to me. They say, "I think you're just writing like you're writing this controversial thing just be controversial." Roman. Now, to me, I feel like a lot of the times, um, you know, like you want to say something like with your play, you want to like get people's attention for it. Yes. And so I feel like it makes sense for me t- that. I'm gonna have my characters really go out and like stretch themselves to their limits. Yeah. Now that like, I I also I think it's funny too. Like, I also I think don't that, like okay, it. Okay, so when, you're just getting off on this. A lot I of think, times I don't well, like it no, when I, people not demand. For, it's not funny for me. It's funny for the It's funny for an audience member. They, you know. And then I think like, okay, like <laughs> I'm like saying. So I can't time. believe this guy's good enough to talk over me. I'm sounding He's like pushing. So this is about right Roman now. show in a second. <laughs> but, but like, think, no, I'm not trying to like compare myself to Shakespeare or anything. <laughs> 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 But Shakespeare however, would like however. have dick jokes in his plays too. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm sorry. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like it's just dumb yeah. to be like yeah. yeah. And you know I think. Have you my- been to Pompeii? Pompeii. Yeah, it's just dicks everywhere. Oh really? The ground is covered in dicks. I mean it's ancient. They had oh, a like real graf- society. Like graf- like graf- no, stuff? they were actually it was a signage that pointed to where like the prostitutes worked. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> wait, weren't those called herms, right? Oh lord, oh, I, don't, I don't know that. I can't believe the doctor brought that up Sweet. just now. No, that's, my, just that's my but like, dicks and I don't know. Stuff. I just feel like my stuff, I, I think the emotional truth of my work, it's getting people are reacting to the work. If 100%. Someone, if one wants to call this controversy and courting controversy, right. then you are fully um, welcome to there do that. There we go. Okay. Because yeah. I feel like... Yeah. I just feel like it's just like so cheap and like yeah. to, like controversy. It's just like it's a controversial play. It's like right. well, it's a controversial play, but you have to earn your controversy. That's mm. like one of the things that I think a lot of people who are like try to do that don't understand. You can have a character like murder someone on the sh- on the stage, right? Yeah. The problem is, is that like you as the writer. Now this is where I get into like when I want to like teach playwriting or I'm trying to say this is like a true thing I feel about the technique of playwriting. Mm. You actually really have to earn the ability to use a slur on the stage. Yeah. You have to earn your characters have to earn. Yeah. I'm saying I'm saying you not personally. Like, the I'm saying the, you the as audience. Yeah, yeah. The, no, no, the audience has to, to be that. there with the character. Yeah, right so that. it's not yeah, like yeah. you can't like com- and, and so you have to like uh, you have to like you can't that's why I think like I'm like kind of like flippant or not flippant. Sorry, why I'm kind of like shrugging off this thing of like controversy because it's like I feel like it gives this thing that I don't understand the <laughs> right. real responsibility that like artists have. Do we and, like a playwright no. would have? And so don't tell me we like, have a responsibility. Well, <laughs> well, part oh, of me, no, God controversial oh art. But part of me is like mm-hmm. I wouldn't do. It. I'm not trying to like. Uh, do something just for the sake of doing it because I understand people will see this stuff and it, they take multiple meanings of it. That's why I'm so confident in my like artistic voice and what I'm trying to say. That's why it takes me a while to write a show, actually. Mm-hmm. That's why it takes me a while to like really think it through, to get it done, to hear it and make sure it's right, to make sure every single word. Yeah. I have to def- I, you know, this is something that Sondheim talks about. You sound about. studious. Sondheim, 
Thank you. I would Goodbye. never have that much time. Sondheim talks about this. He always says, like, you as the writer and composer, you have to defend every single word that you did in the song lyrics and in your yeah. book because countless people will be looking at it and That's scrutinizing right. it and you right. have Forever. to History. and you have to be able to like prove why you did it. And so yeah. you can't be you can't be like flippant about it. You can't be light about this thing. So when I have something in a play of mine that like people think is controversial, I my response to that would basically say like Okay, well, you think that's controversial. In the world of the play, it is necessary for that to happen. Right. And that's what I would say. Right. In the world of the play, yeah. in which we're going in a fictional world, yeah. it is necessary for that to happen. I mean, I think that more plays, uh, frankly, would be way better if they kind of had this more, I think, like imagination with their world building. Where they Imagine. Said, and they said, what if this play. crazy thing I happened? What if the building. characters did a really crazy thing? And because what it would do is it would have you would have a summit to work towards, and the work that you'd be doing towards that work would you'd have say now I need I have this crazy thing I want to do in Act Three, yeah. and now I need to work mm. towards you have to doing work. Yeah, 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 it, totally. and that will make you have better story structure, yeah. better developed characters, and tighter conflicts, and so it'll make the playwriting better and stronger, first of all. So you're building so really complicated artifices so that you can offend people at the end. <laughs> 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 you want to make the best play possible so all the blue hairs are on the edge of their seat and at the end you say, turf, you jerk. And no, they're like, oh, God so. damn it, we got sucked in again. I think if I can offend a blue-haired person and <laughs> a MAGA Republican in the same play, well, I've done my nice, job. Right? Yeah, 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 I think yeah. I do that, actually. If you Like, that lesbian play offends many well, people. Well, you know what? There's so many and people... And Homemade Dynamite offended, like, a lot of people who were, like, Republican but do they ever people see and liberal people. But do they... Mm. You know, the thing about it, sometimes no, I think... I'm saying, like, these people who are, like, my friends who I've, like, emailed the script to. Oh, okay. <laughs> the thing about New York is where there's a lot of shit that goes on here where it's directed toward a, an imaginative audience that will never see it like if we did a show about i'll give you an example from real life i actually did an anti-donald trump show uh -huh. it was a, a comedy and it was by a couple guys from los angeles and I, I was just a minor i pushed some boxes in or something and um they uh i did the show i thought it was hilarious but the show was to make fun of donald trump mm -hmm. it was uh we got a bunch of Donald Trump stuff, and a comedian went up there and acted like a jerk, and everybody's supposed Classic to hate him. Comedy. I thought it. I thought it was hilarious, but the problem with stuff like that is that um, sometimes we're we're trying to wave our finger at an at an audience member who doesn't exist in New York. Like, uh, yeah. we can't yell at the DT people because they're never coming down to the theater here mm -hmm. in uh, on Theater Row on West Forty Second Street. They're not your audience, and so sometimes I think the local theaters. They're just like so mad at the flyover country, but the flyover country cannot hear you. Uh -huh. So it's a really weird paradigm where we're educating people who aren't even in the city sometimes. I don't know. It's weird. Mm -hmm. You know, I like yelling at everybody. I don't care what political party you're in. It would be nice for me to get up your ass sometimes. But, uh, you know, there, we just there's just some demographics that don't exist wherever the hell you are. And you can't really educate or yell at them because they're not here. I just mm. think it's a little weird sometimes. I mean, you could take the play to a different city. You could, but you won't. Nobody's got, there's so many plays here. No one's ever going to see. They open, they're here for three weeks. They're yelling about the, the Arsler Republicans, and then they close, and no Republican ever sees it. You know, you Do know, Republicans why, go to the theater? They probably can't even read the theater. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't have that data. I have no idea. What's well, the data on if these people can, can read I theater? I about that? I think that one of the things that I, I um, 
It's like the Democrats go. No, you know what? Um, you're just default. In in New York, it's like I. It's bad because like there's only one political party in a city of 10 million people. Kind of scary. But on the other end. It's almost like we don't we don't even live in like a swing state or anything, so people aren't as angry. I know everyone in New York. Don't you angry. think that maybe it's the evident of a good play if that it can perform in New York City and be successful, but it could also be performed like at a high school in Arkansas and yes. be successful. They, I mean, that's most the of, of the shows that's the here. Type of shows I want to write. Yes, most of the shows that's here could why, not that's make why it I'm in all, Arkansas. Like, pearl clutchy about controversy. I'm like, right. Because I don't want. I'm not trying to alienate my audience. I want. No, I know. People and to also, see as much of also, you know what's possible. really sweet? Play money what? is if you can write something that becomes an educational play. And then, like middle schools all over America perform it and crap. I've uh, trust me, trust me, my friend. Oh yes, I've written stuff specifically where I was like, I hope the teachers get hooked on this shit. Uh But uh, you know, whatever. I'm pretty sure that all comes from like curriculum. It's like a top-down approach. There's actually a service that teachers use. There's actually a service that teachers use. Theater teachers use. It's pretty much gatekeeping the theater world, and they Mm. go on a service and they say. Uh, they type almost like a search thing, and they're like, which plays are about Irish people? And it gives them all the educational plays. And if you can get into that, if you can write a play that's like not controversial, but kind of just talks about a group of people, like this is the play we use to teach sixth graders about Naples or something, or, you know. Florida that, or Italy? <laughs> which one would you rather hear about? Florida. <laughs> Me too. Let's do Florida. I'd rather go to Naples, Florida, Florida more than Naples, Italy. Who any lives day there? Of the week. Nobody lives there. No, gives it, yeah, you know, Florence is like, it's like beautiful, but nobody, everybody's gone You're at eight Italy? o'clock. No, Florida. Oh, sorry. I thought you said Florence. <laughs> I thought you said Florence. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Paris, Florida, too. You can go uh, kayak in there. I, this is Hollywood. Well, yeah, Hollywood, I love Hollywood, Florida. Florida. I used to go to s- the sex shows in Hollywood. I bet you did. You know, the nightclub stuff, like the fetish factory stuff. Mm-hmm. They used to have a place in Hollywood, Florida that was called The Nest. Anybody out there who's ever been to The Nest, uh, please call into the show. And uh, if it's still open, I would encourage you not to go there. But uh, it was fun at the time. It's kind of a dirty place. And on that note. Back to adult films? Should we go back to that? <laughs> adult film and the uh, fetish place in Hollywood, Florida from the late 90s probably fit yeah, together. Yeah, fetish has such an interesting history. You know that word? That's is what like, they call it. Well, I'm not. It's a colonial word. Oh, God. It's actually Here a Portuguese go. word. Oh, it's Lord. crazy. Fetish? Yeah, I'm really interested in studying that called? word. What's the root of it? it? Fetish is a Portuguese word that was eventually taken into English through like the Vienna School uh, because they like inherited this language to talk about when another group of people like fetishized or used an object in a magical way. And so they were like, oh, you go to Africa and they're using these things like a magical way. It's a fetish. And somehow like the Portuguese word was translated. Fet is like French for party, right? That's totally true too. I don't know if that's like how you do it. I don't think it's related. It'd be hilarious if Roman was like actually doctor. That's not where it comes from at all. Yeah. Um, I did not. I, when I'm saying the word fetish, that's just what they call themselves. So I just want to use. I think there's a lot of theater in the fetish. Yeah, it's almost all, all theater. There was all almost that is just all that shit's yeah. almost. The, the reason I was involved with it was because it's mostly costuming and parties and parties and, and getting parties. drunk yeah. and whatever and like else is going on, on in my goddamn life. People. Well, I saw a fisting once. If you really want to get into did it, I did see some show? things. No, I saw I, I saw some shit. Okay, but. Um, it was, you know, back when you could do stuff like that in front of a live audience. 
I mean, I think you still can. Legally? I've been to those. Florida's tightening it up a little bit. Florida's getting a little more. In Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh, yeah, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Anything goes in Pennsylvania. You can do anything out there. I mean, I think on a campsite, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> this lady uh, knows. Uh, Amish farm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Rush right. Springer. Mm -hmm. That's right. Oh, they don't have any police. Hey, listen, the, the Amish, Amish police for me and see what happens. I have no idea. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm not scared of the Amish police at all. They're, they're going to stop my fetish that activities. That could be a good, like, that could be like a good um, movie. Are you getting inspired? Well, like yeah. a murder mystery, but it's like an Amish murder mystery. <laughs> and they could never solve it because they have no technology. And then at the end of the movie, no, they just the, go to the local DNA police department with a DNA internet. sample. Do they not have the internet? Well, they Is have it. The they thing? just don't want to use it. I'm sure Amish people probably just go to the... Pen, like the state police or just go to the library and if a crime actually has occurred but still. <laughs> yeah they probably do uh, thanks for injecting some uh, rationality into my fantasy about the Amish police there for a second <laughs> the how will you remember how this podcast ended I don't know we rolled off into something about the fetish factory from the late 90s and early <laughs> 2000s actually went to their 10th anniversary party we're dating myself now it was like the devil's birthday it was really fucking cool it was for Lauderdale, which is a terrible place, but it's worse than Hollywood, Florida. Oh, Hollywood's way better than Fort Lauderdale. What a dump! I see liquor in that break room right now. It's really getting time to wrap this up. Is you it know, that time? You know, Roman, we're gonna go over to Mass Books. We're gonna go to a bar near there because First I require time, that. Mass Books. And then um, we're gonna. I'm gonna try to do a little jokey joke over at Mass Books. I'm gonna okay. do a little. Innocent Asia. pranking okay. at Mass okay. Books. If you want to come along, you, yeah. we can tell people that you had no idea what I was going to do. I you were outside. I don't. You don't yeah. You're just having a drink across this the street. This sounds so sketchy. Yeah. This sounds extremely that sound sketchy. fun? What if we go there and I don't do it and there's a record of me saying I was going to do something cool and then I go over there and we're like, I'm like, I just, I just P word out. I'm just like, uh -huh. I just get scared. We go to Mass Books and there's a nice person inside. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. Wait, are you not allowed to swear on this podcast? I said You're allowed to do I whatever said, you want. I said the F word like a while ago. Oh, you said it a bunch of times. Oh, damn. You said a bunch. Oh, oh there it is yeah. again. No, no, no. You're allowed to do whatever you want. I'm trying to modulate myself so that my inbox doesn't fill with death threats again. I'm just trying to run the middle road. Everybody thinks I'm the jerk on this podcast. I'm trying to be nice. A nice person for Are once. you ready to be blacklisted? I've been blacklisted up and down this whole hot goddamn well, then city. How did you two get in touch? I messaged him once and he was like, Leave me alone, weirdo. And I was like, No, but Roman, I once worked in the theater and he doesn't care. Is that what happened? I think so. This I was about remember. right. <laughs> I don't know. I had nothing else to do other than answer. Okay, everybody out DM there, everybody out there who I've idea. sent a volley of weird messages, maybe you're even a celebrity or you're like one of these New York minor celebrities that we all love. Maybe I've sent you, I have sent you a shit ton of messages. And you think now that I have this podcast, I'm going to go back, I'm going to delete those messages. Maybe. I'm not a celebrity, though. Let's, yes, you are. We need to like break I'm not, this, yeah, this guy's, that I'm this a guy, celebrity. This guy's a celebrity. Please. He's got a bunch of girls he brought in here. By the way, Roman showed up today. Roman showed up God. today with controversy. No. Five girls in tow. <laughs> it looks like he's looked like he got out of a limo outside. Give me way too much but listen, credit. Listen, I, listen no, it doesn't matter how big this podcast gets. I am not deleting all these ridiculous, idiotic messages I sent everybody. It would take way too long. I don't think they even have a third-party manager on Instagram where I could unsend all this shit. Well, you could archive them and put them in a book. Oh. 
That's genius. Well, no, that's what someone's going to do to me. That, that, could, somebody's be like, gonna, that could be like your Andy Warhol diaries. You <laughs> yeah, know? this is my Andy Warhol shit. The, We're going to do this the shit. Instagram DM <laughs> book. Yes. That would be kind of funny. They're gonna th- you know why I started this podcast? Because uh, Instagram's going to throw me the fuck off pretty soon. They mm-hmm. keep sending me these messages. And it keeps getting weirder and weirder. At first, it was like, hey, you can't put tits and a dick on Instagram. And I was like, okay. Did you do that? I put some shit up, and they took it down. Well, they took it down immediately. I put up a car. It was a cartoon. It wasn't even a real person. They took it down immediately. But now they start flagging me for like stuff where like I can't even see what the algorithm's talking about. You know, they're like just put up nothing, and they're like, oh, it's misinformation. Yeah, well, that's my job. Oh my god, my account never gets flagged. How come I keep explaining to these social media companies? My my job is to misinform and confuse. And maybe, you know, make people laugh. But if people tell me, oh, you can't put misinformation on here. It's like, well, what the fuck else am I going to do all day long? I can't put misinformation oh on the internet. That's how, how I use the goddamn thing in the first place. How many accounts troll. are you running? I, nev- I do not have any accounts anymore. How many accounts there are no are accounts. Running? Don't look for them. Troll. You know, how funny, many are like you know what's funny about all that shit? Like if I had no accounts, which Instagram's I don't. Instagram's like so chill. How can you get banned from Instagram? Instagram is going to hack yeah, me I mean, up pretty Facebook soon. That is, is not true. Instagram hates it. me. Whoever's running that I thing. I thought Twitter was like the one that bans everybody. Well, they did. Like, in, like twi- Twitter, Insta- Facebook. Instagram's like the normal one, right? Oh, somebody's going to use it against me very soon. All that data. This podcast is going to come out and all these people are going to come out of the way. You sent me a million messages. There's lots of curse words in it. They're just going to gonna come from the ceiling. You watch. I don't think anything bad happened on this podcast. I you're right. It was. A, you're no, right. it hasn't Nothing happened bad. yet. Do you think that we've done anything so far? That I don't think we've done anything, right? I mean, I say the to- like the topics... Do you think we should end podcasts? I think we're doing this weird thing where our podcasts kind of like, our podcasts, like they go up in the right way, but then we end them kind of like back down and then we're just like babbling and then we're just like, okay, the podcast is over. (laughs) <laughs> I think that's what I we did yesterday. about endings for like 10 minutes. I think that's it. What's like the longest no episode you guys have ever recorded? This one. This one? This is the longest. For real? Well, it you is. were talking a lot, so we, let the... you, we just let you go. Did well, you notice how we... You notice I went like this, I just pushed it away, and I was like, let him do that. No. Let him fucking talk as much as he wants. It's his day. It's Roman's Whatever. Day. You guys will still have the Damn show tomorrow. Bro. I won't be here, so I have... I only <laughs> Are you have, threatening us? I only right? have... Can like you do me a favor yeah. and DM Roman and ask him if he can come back tomorrow for the show? No. We're just as soon as he leaves, we're like, Roman, that was, was a fun podcast. Other thing. Are you trying to yeah, replace me? If you are a doctor out there and your name starts with a J, you know, maybe in New York City, your name's not really Julie. Maybe it's Jenna or something. We just, as long as you're willing to say your name's Julie, please give me a call. Oh my God, yep, that's I, awful. I can't believe you're trying to replace me on the second look, podcast. When I found out you, when I, I thought before when this started that you had one PhD and I was like, replaceable. But now I see you have two PhDs and that's going to be hard to it's replace. It's like 0.02%. I'm going to be, I'm going to have a trouble find a young woman with two PhDs who, with a J, ambiguous ethnic wants to come down here, wants to just throw their relationship with a garbage, have some kind of ridiculous podcast. Give me a call. People hate when I choose this podcast over them. Would you like, (laughs) um, this podcast is my life now. So if anybody wants to talk to me, do you guys have kind of like an overall like vision for what you want the podcast to be? This is it. This is it. Yeah. What does that mean? What do you think so far? Let, you know, let's do this meta thing. We're like, we pretend we're not on it. And we're like, okay, the, the podcast so is over. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for coming. Podcast is over. And then inspiring when it's over, you, you turn to me and you're like, what the fuck were we just doing? 
Is that I, what's going to happen? Are you feel little, that way? Well, I feel like, of, what the fuck is this podcast about right now? What is even going on here? Well, I just want, I just don't know what like the, your roadmap is. I know. Or like, Do you uh, think you'll realize later? You'll be alone tonight somewhere. No, not real. No, you're Roman. You won't be alone. But um, uh, you'll be later on. Maybe you'll be in the shower trying to ignore whoever's in the house. And, and you'll say, uh, oh, wait, I get it. This motherfucking frog's a genius. That's what's going to happen later. It's not going to be what you think's going on. It's like you're just going to leave here confused. You continue to be confused. You tell all your friends, I don't know. That's not what's going to happen. You are going to have a lightning bolt. This podcast, like the Red Room from Twin Peaks, (laughs) you know, where it's like everyone's like talking backwards. Rename this podcast immediately. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. That probably would be the closest thing of any epiphany I could have about the podcast. Well, you know, the podcast is called Julie versus the Frog, but, um, it should be like the frog that. versus all reality. The frog versus going outside. Uh huh. With Julie. I'm fine with that. I'm fine. No, Julie, you're the one who has I don't to know go if out I should there. put my name on this. Well, really? it's on here now. I really don't like know if I say your name all the time, Julie. I don't know if I should put my name on this. You guys no, on like a podcast now? You my last name? <laughs> you said it and we did it in the first one. Go ahead. <laughs> Are we on a podcast network? No, we don't have a network. We don't know anybody. They won't want us on their network. We called the networks and they're like, get the out of here. We don't have anything to do with that. For sure. You know, um, if you're really, I don't know if you're really going to come with us. You just said that because you're a nice guy and you're on the radio. But uh, if you are going to come with us, that would be great. I'd love to buy you a whiskey and or whatever your favorite drink is. It's going to be whiskey. Julie, thanks for coming. Uh, I know you are. (laughs) And thanks for coming. You know, I would never do that to the audience. But thanks for uh, coming to the podcast again. I know you're thinking about quitting. Every single day you come down here, you're thinking. (laughs) I didn't say that. I just said I wasn't sure about putting my name on it. Why the am I doing this? (laughs) Thank you for coming again, Julie. Let's get a big round of applause for Roman. New York City playwright. He'll be too big for this podcast next time. Thanks for coming down. Thank you very much for having um, me. Oh, Roman, in the theater, you always clap for yourself. If it's not bows, you clap for yourself. Right. Okay. And thank you. 